The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast with Greg Smith and Jay Foreman. Tell it to me straight up. Hello. Welcome in to the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hale Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith, your newly running virtual 5K friend. Why did I do that? <laughs> well, <laughs> wow. This is Jay Foreman, your never running 5K uh, <laughs> co-host, and the uh, Hennessy and Water Newly drinking uh, extraordinaire. I have not had Hennessy in I don't know how long. And you keep talking about it. It's going to make me just get like a little itty-bitty bottle and just try it to oh, see. Yeah. I don't even remember what it tastes like. And the reason why I, I talked to my uncle, and I remember all my, you know, my uncles and my, I guess, play uncles. And, uh, <laughs> you know, when I was a little kid, every because Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Yeah. And uh, so I remember being down there watching the games. You know, obviously Detroit was playing, and everybody would be coming over to my grandma's house went out in D.C., and they would have, you know, a little Hennessy and apple juice, Hennessy and, you know, <laughs> Sprite back then or 7-Up yeah. and, and, and uh, a little Hennessy and water. That was the drink. So I, that's always kind of been ingrained in my mind. So once Thanksgiving comes around, that's when the Hennessy starts to uh, you know, be poured at, at the house. So And, and also, before we get, it, get into it, it's another – Another year, we did our turkey drive yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it was hard to get up after, you know, angrily drinking away your sorrows after <laughs> Nebraska got the brakes beat off them. Yeah. Uh, we gave away uh, 200 turkeys. We worked with the uh, Malone Center in, in Lincoln, so it was really good, good, uh, good, good deal. We worked with uh, uh, my barber, KB Quabina. He has a foundation so it really really was a good deal. Malone Center does a lot of good things in Lincoln. Yeah, they now, definitely do. Yeah. Now. You about to ask about this 5K? <laughs> I asked you about the 5K. I'm looking at you sideways like, what's Listen, wrong with you? Okay. So I had actually, and this has happened now, I've done two 5Ks, both of them turkey trots. Um, the one two years ago we actually did in person because you could right. do that then. It feels like another world. Um, this one was done virtually. I actually forgot that we were doing this one. So I had not, I work out basically every day, right. but I had not like actually like started prepping my body for this. Mm-hmm. And so I basically went into this cold and actually I did very well. Like I, I think I shaved, was it 12 minutes off of my time mm-hmm. from last time? Like I was feeling good about myself, but the actual 5k yesterday is not the reason why I feel like crap today. Um, it is because I decided in my infinite wisdom that, Hey, I felt good yesterday. I can get up today and, and do, do another run. So I got up this morning and I did a because I do the the runs. We always talk about Peloton. I did the run through the Peloton app, um, and it was a twenty minute just kind of fun run. And then if that wasn't enough, I was going to do a twenty minute hit run, intermediate level, not even beginner. And I'm like, okay, we got to that probably the fifteen minute mark of that first one, and I was hating life. Like I feel like 
I just played an NFL game. Like my left foot hurt, my knee hurt. At one point, my calf locked up on the right leg. <laughs> like it was. <laughs> now I made it through. Right. I, I, I got through that. I always try to think when those tough workouts happen. Like not every workout has to feel like Disneyland. So sometimes you just got to get through it and, right. and see where you go. You feel good about it afterwards. You made it through. But that wasn't a great decision. No, nah, like my you, decision making. You have not a, you, um, you've officially game. reached. You doing too damn much <laughs> level. I'm usually the one saying that, right? To you do you do it way too much. That you see, it's a you, lot. if it's you a lot. told me this that you did this after the Lakers won the championship, I could see it. Okay, you just you just won your championship <laughs> yesterday with the 5K, yeah. and then want to double down on it. You got to you got to do. We talked about dealing with success, right? <laughs> we did. Talk so about you just that. you just pulled a Nebraska with your own body. Now you you know what's going to happen two days from now. You're going to be like, dang. Yeah, I'm setting myself up up for a real bad week because then we're going to get, you know, all the food at the end of the week. Like, it's going to be – I need to – I got to sit down and kind of redo my plan because I do kind of sit down every week and think about how we're going to work this out. And I try to make it to where it makes sense. I didn't follow my own advice. We're going to see how this goes. Y'all check in with me later in the week to see how I feel it. You just like the staff. There's no time like – Nebraska staff, that is. There's no time like the present to – Reevaluate, reset, and uh, re- re- redo your goals. Since the, I mean, look, your 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 big day. They, theirs is on Friday. Yours, ours is on Thursday, right? Because <laughs> yeah. okay, so, so me, I'm just like, hey, if I get there, I'm cool. I'm done until Monday. Okay, so if I get on, if I put on five, ten pounds, that means I had a good Thanksgiving. <laughs> if I if I stay right at it, then I actually did something good. You, on the other hand, since you out here, you know, working out and stuff, you got to you gotta redo your game plan, man. I do. So then, okay, so now I have a question for you following off of this. We're just going to go off of the script from what I wanted to do because I want to just talk about Thanksgiving and something fun before we have to dive into this football. So um, do you, during the week leading up to Thanksgiving, are you a person that tries to watch what you eat leading up to that? Or are you like, you know, forget it. It's all week. we just going to let this no, thing I'm go. No, go, I'm keeping it regular, man. Ain't nothing changed. Yeah. You, you going into the championship game. I'm not changing my way I practice. <laughs> I'm preparing for this. You understand? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not coming in there to you know trying to cut weight. We already done made weight. We trying to. I feel like once the week started, we already did the weigh in. If we <laughs> so it's over. Match, it's in the, right? the box. So you know how the boxers be like? They they come in if they have to fight at 150. They they weigh in at 149, and then they talk about by two days later when the fight comes. Yeah, they balloon they, back. They up, ballooned yeah. up to 170. Yep. That's me right there. Okay. So I'm not changing my routine at all. Once Thursday hits, it's on. It <laughs> so is it's on. like, so I think I'm tentatively. Mm-hmm. I try. We gonna we gonna let it go, and we just gonna not even think about it on Thursday. Though I do think that we're gonna try to get up Thursday and do some sort of run, just to kind of get right. a little baseline in there because we haven't been doing that for the last couple of years, and I feel a little bit better at the end Afterwards, of the right, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're gonna see. Maybe you do a little salmon early in the right. week. You try to okay. Try to yeah, I feel little, you. I feel mix yeah. in something green. Yeah. Uh, insert something here. Maybe some right. salad. Make sure that <laughs> system is nice and clean. Yeah, right? yeah. Make sure it's clean. <laughs> and then, but see, sometimes though, you think that that ends up leading to you feeling worse on Thursday. Because then now you didn't put. I, I'm trying to think. Uh, I I think we try now. You ham a turkey on Thanksgiving or both? I'm both. See, I'm not a turkey guy, so it's like ham is where it's at for me. Like it's always ham. Yeah. Um, we got. I I'm in charge of the baked macaroni. So yeah. we got. So we got to yeah. have the baked macaroni and cheese. I think my wife is making some green beans, maybe some mashed potatoes. Right. Um, I'm a dessert guy, so we got to have some pecan pie. Uh, she makes this thing layered dessert. I'm yeah. making everybody hungry. No matter when you listen right. to I'm this, thinking, you, I'm you, dreaming you, you about hungry. it right now. Um, and then we got to get the drinks. We got to. Oh yeah, that's the last piece I'm of this the right food, now. I'm, I'm the food. I'm food and drink. That's it. I don't even want no dessert. 
Really? I want to pound some food. <laughs> you can just sit back and chill. Throw, you know, put on TV, and let's start drinking. As long as drink till you throw up. Not just playing. <laughs> no, see, the thing is, it's funny though because you said the thing about like your family. You had the Hennessy and apple juice or yeah. water, or whatever. Seven um, Up Sprite during your. My family was not a big drinking family during holidays. Like I didn't see that until yeah. after I got married and went down to Mississippi with my wife to see her family, right. and it's just like bottles lined up oh, yeah. on the table. Like oh, we didn't. That was not something that was. Really see, a my thing, ours is a little different. All the women would be upstairs, and they would, you know, be up there talking about, you know, who was at the Elks Club and all this <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when the football game was it was on, the football games were on, and everything. That's what we had all the chairs and all that stuff. Even back into you know. We'd have them even back into the the pantry downstairs, you know, mm-hmm. where we'd keep everything, and that's where the dudes hung out. So every so as soon as like say I one of my favorite uh, play uncles, Uncle Sonny, you know, he was mayor of Frederick or whatever. So he would come in, he would come downstairs, he'd kick it. His wife would go upstairs, and then that was it. <laughs> but I, I mean, you know, that's just tradition yeah that was how it was yeah. it was a lot like that in our families well and it really sucks especially as we talk about kind of thanksgiving and it's going to be a tough one this year for a lot of people yeah um just we kind of said a lot of the the and what are now i think it just changed the cdc recommendations to not travel um because of covid and how well, i was actually listening to something earlier where it was a cdc guy saying that you know the thanksgiving has the potential to be kind of the super bowl the super spreader events yeah, for um, some so, people. Uh, yeah so i want everybody to kind of stay safe and make sure you got to do what you got to do to make it out of this Eat across so the room. Just going. pretend like it's a regular Thanksgiving and your aunt or whoever it is, you know, started some drama. Yeah, like I mean, it we always could, happens at everybody's holidays. Oh Don't God, get too close to people right now. Every, <laughs> every, every holiday like right. that always got something going on. Uh, but something that definitely went on this weekend, and we're just going to be skipping coach speak. We're going to go straight into this. Let's break that down. There's just so much to talk about. And it's funny, I told you when we were talking last night, um, about kind of what we were going to talk about today. It's like, you know, getting into kind of the X's and O's of this game, um, it's kind of fruitless at this point. Yeah. Like, it's, I, I mean, mean it was, you at it, I mean, I tried I, to have some notes and I don't stuff, even and know it's only what, just, in cause, just, just in case I had to. Yeah, like, it's just not a – like, I don't know what you take away from that X's and O's wise because I think the, the big thing coming out of this game – as, as Nebraska, I you know, lost 41-23 to Illinois in embarrassing fashion after they were double-digit favorites uh, coming into the game. I believe it, the line 15, closed at 15, right? Yeah. right? Um, I, I feel like the feeling coming out of this game was a lot of people were just defeated because Nebraska is here in year three under Scott Frost and these types of games <laughs> are happening still, right? right? And I think, excuse me, I think that you can maybe see this in year one even though to a team that is conservatively one of the worst three teams in the league, right, to have this happen to a team that you know you have more talent than um, going into the game overall, like to have this type of game, it's just really disheartening for the fan base. And and I feel like it is the first real sign where I saw widespread kind of panic around the direction sure. of the program. But I will ask you this, okay, and we watched the game last year. Just because they won the game, did they beat Illinois? They didn't. Right. And if you listen to Lovey Smith after the game, and this is about coach speak. It is, we won't get into coach speak, but sometimes when, when these coaches get up there, and, I would, and I've obviously had a ton of experience with a wide variety of coaches mm-hmm. and try to l- really, really listen 
to what they're saying versus here, right? Mm-hmm. So I will say this, that Nebraska fan base and Nebraska people, they hear a lot because a lot of times when you hear things that differentiate the two, you, 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 your filter is letting you, like, letting you only take in what you want to hear. Right. You know what I'm saying? When you really, really listen to what they're saying, they're telling you a lot more in like if you try to break down their sentences and what they're really saying. Because when Lovey Smith said this is a game that our team was looking to, looking forward to, yeah. forward to, they that lets you know that in that locker room last year, he said we let that he said we let that one slip away. And all I could think of is Denny Green. We let him off the hook, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just to bring a little comedy, yeah. right? You get Lovey that Smith was up there, a great and, moment. And but. He said, we, we let the game slip away, and we had this game essentially circled. And we said it last week, we got two teams coming in that had the winning feeling, right? Mm-hmm. What program was going to continue along and get better, which is mean let's double down on what we've been doing yep. and really actually go through the actions to do it and to still even sacrifice a little bit more. Versus who was just kind of going to do it and think that they were going to show yeah, they up. Got and now, and they got fat and happy. They got fat and happy, and that's where we're at. And the hardest thing when you're trying to build a winning program, uh, really, you know, get your culture infused from, you know, player one to, say, like, player 100, you know, with all your players, is dealing with success and dealing with the expectations of you supposedly try, supposed to win the next week's game. Yeah. And – and we, you, we aren't there yet. And you heard it after the game. But one of the things, and this is why I think another reason why people were so disheartened by the game is you, on that same note, you heard after the game, Scott Frost say right away that he thought that the team in the game was lackadaisical, didn't have focus, that they didn't prepare well during the week. You then heard, I think I think there were three players that spoke after the game, uh, DiCaprio, Buda, Austin Allen, Luke McCaffrey, all of them mentioned how the lack of focus in practice, Luke McCaffrey or Austin Allen talked about not executing the game plan well. Um, and I, I'm, I'm just struggling to understand how Nebraska continues to get to this point because we've seen this before. This has happened before in the last couple of years, and it kind of lends itself to why Nebraska has not – they've not put together actual winning streaks here yeah. over the last few years. Well, I think that – I don't think that in the last three years they've won three conference games mm-hmm. in a row. I think it's only been twice that it's been two conference games in a row. And to me, that signals that there's a problem at the core of the program when it comes to they win one game – and think that they're just going to show up and it's going to continue back. to happen. Yeah, we're back, we're back and it's just going to continue to happen right. that way. We get college and game day, we here. Right, we, right, and it got caught in with a quote-unquote lesser opponent in right. Illinois. And something we were talking about off-pod before it started is, is there if, if I could change one thing about this entire program, the administration, coaches especially, and the players, it would be to get rid of this mindset that there are easy games in this conference. No, they yeah. right now. If we're being honest, Nebraska is the easy game. But if you that when other opponents come to play Nebraska, right. um, but those opponents don't take Nebraska lightly. They come in to play Nebraska like they're playing their Super Bowl. They right. come in ready, focused, and prepared. When was the last time Nebraska a, it, played a game it, it, where like you were like, oh, Iowa kind of overlooked them, or Wisconsin no. overlooked? No one does that. You know why? Because their teams are coached to stay focused and to stay in the moment and to make sure they take every one of these conference opponents seriously. And yeah. they don't do and that, that comes at Nebraska. from experience on the coaching staff. Um, and also the expectations are set. And, you know, when you just said that, it reminded me last year of when Indiana came back to beat Nebraska. 
Mm-hmm. And Tom Allen, then they had, you know, they got became bowl eligible. Then they end up winning two more games. So it lets you know they knew how to deal with expectations. But it's also it's it's not just internally like with the coaching staff. You have to look at the best and the worst thing about the University of Nebraska, right? Mm. And this is what the problem is, is where I always said, you know, all them funny mustaches, the the man buns, the mullets, the funny haircuts. If I'm coach, that's gone, okay? I, I'll get somebody. I'll, I'll get my boy Corbina to come in there and cut your hair, okay? <laughs> yeah. Or whoever, Burke's Barbershop. I don't care who it is. Whatever, whoever you want. You want super cuts or whatever. Straight edge, I, whoever. I, right? <laughs> I, right? All that gone. Okay? Because that makes you lose focus. And here's why they lose focus. Once these guys are here, they're treated as celebrities or they're already treated as if they're, they're, they're the only show in town. Right. right? So once they're here, they're already up there. So now these kids are up coming here and thinking, I've already made it and haven't done anything. They win one game. We've made it. We're back. Okay, now, you know, this next game, all Illinois, they got beat 41-14 or whatever it was to Minnesota. Oh, they're not that good. They're not that good a team, right? But you got to – but what – say, like, in comparison what Alabama does with Nick Saban, everybody that comes in there, he de-stars them. Yeah, he does. He's talked about He's that talked quite about, a bit. You got to right? And it's not yeah. and it's not personal. You got to break these guys down, get them into your program, then you build them back up, and then when they're ready, right. even when Michigan State, when they said that when those guys, oh, we bring them in, and you know he's got to be on scout team as a freshman. You know we got to get him in the weight room. Then by the time he's a redshirt sophomore, he's a grown man. He's ready to do business, right? Yep. These guys are coming here, and they just thinking like, oh man, you know I'm the man. I got all these stars. I'm gonna just gonna come and. Go- Kind of go through practice, and I'm going to play. Or I'm going to, or I'm, I'm, uh, you know, four star. I'm going to come in here and start year one. Year like, one. Big Ten and don't know nothing about, about me. me. And right. I've seen that. And I've told you that right. um, before. That that stuff alarms me when I see that. As someone who talks to a lot of these recruits, um, as my job is recruiting, and it's like when guys say that, it makes me nervous because it feels to me that there's something happening where people are being told yes. the Big Ten is not that good, or it's not, you know, or it's you're not that as, good. You're that good, and I just don't think that that's the right way to approach things and it made me also think of you know when you start to think about some of the things that Scott Frost has said about you know we just need that one win and then we'll get some air under our wings and the program will take off and he has said that repeatedly right and he said that before they got that win against Penn State we just needed that one and now we can go and I I wonder if with the state of this program and how obviously the guys could not handle success that if that messaging is the wrong message if it should not instead be we, we need to get that one win, but we also need to continue to work the way that got us to that one win. And he said that after the game, right? But was he saying that internally, or has the team continued to hear all we need is that one win and then it's going to take off, right? right. It, like, I And mean, I just wonder, and you, know, you don't know, maybe he's yeah. saying that privately, but sure. it just feels like so much of the message is, is as soon as we get this one thing, it's going to all go when that's not necessarily the case because that's not how it's been around here. No, and you know, I'm thinking back now, you know when some of our most, I wouldn't say intense, but the, the practices that were the details were hammered on us so much is when we were playing like teams like Pacific or somebody like that. Right. After even at, And then also after we had a big win because there is no letdown. I want more. Right. The expectations is, okay, we, we took one step forward, now we're going to take two and three. And... uh yeah, maybe the messaging is messed up. I think a lot of these kids are – they're hearing 
that, you know, if a coach is sitting down and saying, hey, Greg, you, this is a great opportunity for you. If you come in and you prove yourself, you're going to play. A kid might be hearing, I mean, I'm coming in and I'm starting. Right. Okay. Um, so that's, there's some, maybe some disconnect there. I think maybe some kids are told or, you know, a roundabout way they're going to come in and they're going to play and they're going to start. And they just think, you know, kid these days, they think if they play, they're going to be starting. Um, also, I think the, the ability to manage the roster in, in playing time and who plays is definitely becoming alarming, especially at the skill positions on, on offense, right, which is the receiver. Because when you got – look, there's nothing I, I, nothing wrong with Cade Warner, uh, that dude Levi and Oliver, right? Mm-hmm. But when you got Alante Brown, um, I can't even say Manning, but you guys say Fleming. Fleming Betts. Betts. Brown. And those Brown. Um, I know there's one more. You know, those guys just look different. Yeah. And all of them can play. But in order to be effective, Illinois was sitting on everything. Illinois was sitting on everything. They did all that game plan that we had talked about, even going back to the Ohio State game when we said if defenses that play Nebraska just sit on, like press your corners, have a single high safety, load up the box, and say, I dare you to throw the ball. Like everyone has done that. Right. Like it just right. keeps continuing to get worse. So, and then, and then, then couple that with uh, – you know the offensive line not playing well, and you and we talked about leadership when you and we we'll get back to where the quote was the energy in practice and the attention to detail in this practice was off mm-hmm. right. That's what they said afterwards, yep. right? So that's a leadership thing, and it can't always be you know ex- at the expectation of the coaches, right? Yeah, the coaches true. are granted they're the one getting paid all the money, a ton of money, and they're the one that are always looked upon. But the best teams are policed internally right Right. so let's just look at the captains here okay Mm -hmm. and let's just look at the offensive side of the ball because they've been playing horrible all year let's Mm -hmm. just be honest right okay adrian martinez is your captain no longer starting so his voice is just a hollow okay even though he had that great video that i don't care about the video that's the problem we talked in about we're talking (laughs) about video right hold on yeah so okay his voice is hollow because listen here homeboy you ain't been doing your job not only this season but last season Okay, so when you're talking to me, you ain't doing nothing more than I have been doing. Because what you're playing like isn't what you're telling me. So you're just hollow. Okay, and you just you know dookie down your leg in the first two first two games this year. Okay, (laughs) that's number one. Number two, K Warner. Right, he's probably done better than what you know. The two drop passes, the one from Adrian, that was a fastball when you should have been throwing a changeup. The other one, that happens like once a year. I do know yeah. Cade Warner can catch, and, and he's taking yeah. response. Okay, well, let's just – that's like kind of 50-50, right? Okay. Farniak. Okay. Oh, hold on, Farniak. F- first of all, he has been getting destroyed. And it's bad because he it was supposed to be the better Best position of the positions for him, for him right. right? He's been getting destroyed. And he's been playing too high, feet are too slow. And that's just, and this is, listen here, he's a great kid, but I'm just telling you, when 91 blows you five yards in the backfield yeah. and tackles you, and, and that's it, there is no play that they're, they're sitting up there drawing on. If we had a whiteboard here, you'd say, hey, yeah. my guard get blown back into the quarterback's face, into the running back's face, and just mess up the mesh point. Yeah, if we I'm can't, a there's no play for like, that. <laughs> right. That's like, oh my gosh, I got all this space to come in and destroy the play. Yeah. Okay. So, those are your three leaders on offense. Those are your three captains now. Yeah. Okay? 
Now we talked about last year some of the guys that were captains on yeah on when defense, they had the issue the issues yeah. and, and people up there man you don't even know what you're doing you up here hooting and hollering the one that you, you jumping around right right okay then and that's so something, that's where it starts right there and that's something that has been a problem we've talked about that I it's feel been, like for years because a, you've had captains that and it and it sucks I'm trying to pick on the kids because they good kids but there's a been a disconnect between your vocal leaders and guys that are also vocal but showing it on the field on right. Saturdays. Because I'm with you, at a certain point as a player, you do look at guys in that situation and go, okay, how am I following you if you're not, not doing, doing the things that you're saying, saying that do. we should do? And that right. is, that's just natural human psychology right. um, that I think that you could see happen anywhere. Right, so that's where we're at. I mean, this has been a problem for the program, and I've talked about it um, for – since I've been back, let's say just since 2010. Because here's the problem that Nebraska's been. They've, here's what they've kind of built up, right? They've always had their best – so they've always anointed and, and kind of handpicked their best players to be captains. Mm-hmm. But they aren't your best leaders, right? Then the media is kind of – you know, this is not – I'm not one of those media bashers people, but this is just sports media. The guys that always were the quote guys – they thought was in leadership, right? Yeah, that, because, that happened here, and that, I, that happens that. here. That happened <laughs> yeah. here, right? Yeah. So, but you, but you're a guy that's always up in front of the camera after the game. But dude, you, you look like a turnstile when I see you yeah. playing offensive line or whatever you're doing. Yeah. So then, there you go. And then also, this is before Scott even got here. When you talk about quarterback play, which is the most important player on the team, you don't have anybody that's played the quarterback position from years past that has shown the guy behind him how to play, right? right. Perfect example, Taylor Martinez, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, great freshman year, but he just kind of, whenever he got in trouble, he just threw the ball up. Mm-hmm. What did Tommy Armstrong do? What they used to call it? What's the old boy? Oh, Nicky, oh YOLO uh, ball. Uh, the yellow ball. YOLO yeah. ball, right? Mm-hmm. So who did he learn that from? It's right. not Tim Beck. What well, is because he let it go on, right, right? right? So for everyone that you completed or got a pass interference, there's six of them that were either intercepted or you missed the check down that could have got it easily, easily first down and many, many more X, Y, and Z, right? right. Now let's go to, 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 to present day, okay? Mm-hmm. Weekend at Bernie's, the dude, the coach, okay? For Duke. Yeah, okay. your boy, weekend at Bernie's, okay? <laughs> yeah. The problem with our quarterbacks throwing the ball is fundamentals and footwork. I saw Kurt Warner talking about this, yeah. and he was talking about Cam Newton, okay? Same kind of quarterback mm-hmm. right is when you're throwing the ball and, and you want everything going towards your target mm-hmm. but you can't when your feet are either too close or your or your knees are a lot of these guys that play quarterback for us throw it straight legged right. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so you have no velocity and you have no accuracy that's why you see the balls hitting the ground or when they catch the ball they can't do anything with right, it it's, it's like not about just knee. completing the ball it's complete that's what made mckenzie milton so much such a good player in this offense because when he threw a ball, it made it was a catchable ball, number one. And then also they were able to do stuff with it after the play. So even if you're getting five yards after contact or five yards, if you might, okay, that might be one time, two time. The third one, now you bust off a 20-yard, 20-yard, you know, after the catch play. That's an explosive play. Right. That's why we're not explosive. Everybody thinks that UCF was this get back, drop back, and it was like Daryl LaMonica to throwing the Cliff, Cliff Branch, you know, with the old <laughs> right. school Raiders, right? All right. Probably none of the people listening. Yeah, I, was, I mean, you lost some folks. Or, but it's like, okay. or like, okay, Tom Brady to Randy Moss when they were yeah, undefeated there you or go. something like there that. There you go. Dante Culpepper Dante to Randy Culpepper, Moss. Dante Culpepper, Randy yeah, Moss, yeah, or, or somebody like that, right? So 
it wasn't like that. It was explosive plays because of how they were getting the ball to the guys on time, allowing them to catch the ball in stride to turn up field and use their athletic ability and speed. Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny, it's funny you brought up Mackenzie Milton in this is we talked about this beforehand, but I went back and watched. It was like a mixtape of Mackenzie Milton. Um, it was like the best quarterback that you forgot about because he's been hurt, unfortunately, yeah. with that gruesome injury. Um, we'll see where his, what his future holds for him. Hopefully he can, can either make a comeback or get in the coaching or whatever. But like – The portal? See, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. But I watched this highlight film, and honestly, it didn't look like the same offense, but it also looked like what it's supposed to be when your quarterback's getting the ball out on time and accurately. Um, And it's funny because it was – a lot of what you saw, what you saw on Saturday, and this is what I feel like we say this every week now, is that it's so frustrating to watch Nebraska because one of the things I talked about after the game um, with our colleagues over HillVarsity dot com is that you could see people open. Yes. During that game, right? So that tells me, though, that the it's scheme, scheme, the scheme is the doing plays fine. Are, yeah, plays the, the plays are working yeah. as designed. Um, but it is very important to have, and this is you know not hashtag great analysis, but it is very important to have that quarterback that can get the ball out there on time, throw it accurately, see it, first of all, mm-hmm. um, and make Anticipate those decisions. It as well. Anticipate it yeah. as well, throw guys open, right. all of that. And that element has been missing, and it goes back to what we started talking about um, with coaching because th- it shouldn't be the case. Teams that have quarterback coaches, first of all, should not have this type of regression because you have somebody whose sole job – is to do that, right? Like his sole job is to coach up the quarterbacks. Um, But you can't have your quarterbacks get to the point now to where I feel like both quarterbacks have regressed and I feel like both are now kind of in the same spot where they both kind of look skittish in the pocket to make those passes that are clearly open. We're right. seeing them. There was the one, I don't know if you saw the one clip um, with Xavier Betts yes, running the post open. route, yeah. and he was just wide open I don't, running down the field. I, don't know, I wouldn't say there. that they're necessarily regressing. And this is only from personal experience from coaching and also being in a lot of scouting meetings. You yeah. know, everybody else is getting better. Okay, and that okay. Could, that's, that, that's, that's what that's it is. Because yeah. here's what we're looking at. We're, we're comparing how, he plays, how they play quarterback at Nebraska versus how the guy at Illinois just played. Right? Right. So and then we're also looking at Rutgers, right? Yeah. Guy that was here, how he's playing quarterback. We're looking at uh the Purdue quarterback. That's what we're looking at. Yeah. We're looking at and, the and guy see, at UCF. I like that you so, name but I like that you named three teams that are not traditional great powers. No. These are just teams that have been kind of competent with solid to okay quarterback play right now, which is where the next step for Nebraska right. to get to. Right. And so that's where we're at. I think in and then conversely now. Okay, I know Sam McEwen um, tweeted out this play yesterday, and he was saying all oh, the stunt, and I don't know why it was called. No, that was actually, to be honest with you, conceptually, that's the perfect defensive call mm. for the play. It was the play that when Ep- uh, Epstein ran, and he it was like 55-yard play. Run, it was around right, left right, end. Right. Around left end. Okay, the looper, which was Thomas, came too wide, so that means him and Garrett Nelson were both sitting there, got blocked by one guy. So if I'm grading the offensive guy, I'm like, dude, you that's a – Plus, plus, you just right, blocked block two, two guys. It didn't even guy, do yeah. anything. He just stood there, right? Yeah. And then Luke Reimer, who was anointed an NFL player at halftime by another former player, <laughs> Gifford, which was the most one of the most ignorant things you could do, was wide open, missed the tackle. There he is for 50. Okay, then the corner lost leverage. That's And, and if you want to look at it, at, it, at it from a plus and minus standpoint, 
when you have a perfect call, you had a minus up front, mm-hmm. which is right for the yeah. defense line, a serious minus at linebacker, and then we lost leverage from the corner because the corner got pinned by the receiver by the receiver, so he lost outside leverage. At all three levels, at the point of attack, you had three minuses. Right. That's how you give up an explosive run. But is that okay? So the things though that you just described, I don't. You didn't describe to me me not being football guy. Um, Anything physical. No. That sounds like to me, though, that is what we were talking about with quarterback right. fundamentals. Right. Why do the fundamentals continue to elude Nebraska football? Uh, I mean, that's something that you'd have to look at practice and uh, in the meeting room. You have to fall in love with the fundamentals, man. You have to. You have to. You have to. Every single week, you got to start at zero. You got to start with like for linebackers. You got to start at four. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, Patty Fisher. Let me tell you something. If if you lonely young linebackers out here, if yeah. you guys want to learn how to play, watch watch Northwestern 42, 51, 28. 28. They got him enlisted at two fifteen. Homeboy ain't nothing but one hundred ninety pounds. <laughs> I about to say that dude is not two fifteen. Okay. And then, yeah. but Patty Fisher's a legit six four, two forty. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, okay. yeah. That and he's, and, and, yeah. right, he's big boy, and he is melting people. He is blowing linemen up. But if you look at his feet, though, and there is no wasted steps. That's how you see somebody that's not a superior athlete, like a say, like an LSU linebacker that mm-hmm. went, you know, or Devin White or something like that, right. or Levante David, yeah, one of those that, guys that, from Alabama, right? Yeah. That can cover a lot of space and is never a mismatch against guys that are faster than him. If they got out and ran a 40, they'd beat him every time. Right. But he plays the position so efficiently. You understand? So yep. what what they do is – what obviously Fitzgerald, obviously former All-American linebacker. Yeah. And he shouted what, out his defensive coordinator after that game and said sure. he needs to get more love. Right. Which is right. Which because is they've had great defenses Just for a long for the, time. For a long time. Yeah. And they the, even played good defense last year when they when yeah. they were losing. It was the offense yeah. – you know, obviously yeah, Ramsey, the their so quarterback. Again, okay, now we're talking quarterback. Having Ramsey this year is a big difference. Yep. He was the quarterback at Indiana last year. Mm-hmm. The calming effect of being able just to not – he can win a game, which I think he did against Wisconsin, but he's not going to lose you the game, and right. he's going to play it the right way. But back to the, the details and the fundamentals, those are things that have to be started every single whatever Monday. We used to practice on Mondays, so I think these guys practice on Tuesday. This week will probably – because they, they usually mm-hmm. come in on Sunday. We had yeah. Sundays off. Whatever it is. It starts on your first day of practice, and it's got to be hammered. And it's got to be hammered and hammered, and those are the things that you spend more times on. Is your footwork slow? Is it lazy? Is your point of entry in the play the right way? Or when you're, like in this play that I'm talking about, the defensive lineman, are you, when you're looping, are you, is your eyes looking upfield or is it still looking sideways? Because it was looking sideways, that's why he went too wide. you got to come too tight on your TT stunt, right? Tackle down, you're around. Right, because he's coming down. You, these are the things that you should be working on in group work and already be ready and be excited for. And then also as a linebacker, once you know he's coming tight, that means you come out a little wider. Boom, you run right into twenty six. Uh-huh. Right. Instead, you sit there and you're watching like you're watching a movie. And then when it hits you, that's why Nebraska players always look surprised on defense yeah. because they're always a step slow. The anticipation isn't there, and it's either practicing with the same. Uh, energy and velocity and ferocity, whatever you know, fancy name you want to get it with, or making sure that your film study every single play you need to go over. If if this is my play sheet, mm-hmm. th- right? You you just don't watch it and say, oh, okay, uh, you know, Penn State runs an over front. This is all we're gonna get. We could be, you could get this play an even front, eagle front, over front, odd front, three three look, you know, four mm-hmm. two, you know, nickel or dime. Right. You need to be ready. 
for every single play. And then you got to put, then you got to go back and watch it. Okay, well, you should, ha- you'll, they'll have the stunts that you'll have with each call. Okay, well, what if we run this stunt? What if we run a, you know, whatever, blast or whatever you want to call it? How am I going to take on this play? Because your responsibility changes in a matter of milliseconds. Right. That's how you watch tape. That's how you become a better player. That's how you're not caught out of position. That's how you play with fundamentals every single game, and that's going to give you a chance to win. That's going to give you a chance not to have two running backs have over 100 yards. And I think that those things, what you just described, though, is the, has been the difference for – and it's really – this is not just for the last three years. No. It's, been, it's longer than that. But the difference, say, of the last seven years between Nebraska and, say, Northwestern, who we okay. were talking about now, especially Purdue, um, or what they have going on, Wisconsin, um, of course, Iowa, of course, too, is that that attention to detail – and and it doesn't feel like it's funny because I I often joke with people and I said this on here before about how I can watch Iowa now from the last ten years and to they me look they the look same. the same right. they look the same and it, I know it's different players and some of them are a little better than better others than that, right. but, look but the they same. look the same and I always wonder how can they do that and I think that that's <laughs> what you were just describing like is how Alabama, what you just like did. all the guys that Alabama has had drafted from their offensive line high haven't always panned out to the next level. But the reason why they look so good, and Nick Saban has said this, they do the same thing over and over and over. And they really aren't overly physical in practice. Now they're nine on seven, teamwork right. is it, but they do a lot of conditioning and they do a lot of fundamentals and, and obviously working on things. Yeah. That's it. That's what it comes down to, man. And so same it, with Iowa. Yeah, definitely. But, but I'm gonna tell you what. I heard one of the guys on I don't know if it was Robert Smith or the other guy, they were saying that the Illinois offensive line have been grading out one of the top two in the nation. The I saw that. Year. I did see that. That was yeah. early in the game they so, were talking hey, about. So that. they have the tempo setter in their center, mm-hmm. right, because he was getting nasty. Mm-hmm. Then the, they had two really good guards, and they got some big old boys at tackles, and one of them is a freshman. Yeah. And yeah. and they were getting after us. And uh, and I think, you know, really to be honest with you, when, when they watched that Penn State t- tape and how Penn State got after Nebraska with – a little bit of nastiness. Uh, when, and when that quarterback run game, I think Penn State's mentality shifted when right. they started, when they switched the quarterback right. and then that offensive line was getting after Nebraska. It was that a gave, lot of downhill running. Right. They uh, gave Illinois some, you know. Something, something to watch. Some, something to watch. And and that's what's on tape. Which I would – I was going to say which kind of goes perfectly into what I wanted to talk about next, but it doesn't if you're a Nebraska fan. They have Iowa coming to town, or they're going to Iowa, sorry. Um, they play at Iowa City this weekend, Black Friday, and we talk about – <laughs> the things that Illinois and Penn State did to Nebraska and successfully did to Nebraska, um, Iowa will obviously come in with two very good running yeah. backs as well um, that that I really like, Sergeant and Goodson, uh, who, who are both playing very well, right? So then I, moving forward, as Nebraska has to turn around on a short week and try to get this thing figured out, if you are in that locker room, how do you go about kind of piecing that back together for Nebraska to get ready to then try to take on your rival, who you know, listen, <laughs> there's no love lost. If Iowa can put 50 on Nebraska, they will. Yeah, they see what um, they did in Minnesota. Yeah, so there's so don't expect – no, no one's taking it easy on Nebraska if they don't have to, right? right? And so how do you get back into the groove or get to the mojo of what, at least what they had prior to yeah, this Illinois yeah. game? I mean, I mean, really, you, you just answered it. What, I'm going to sit up, stand up there and say, so listen here, man. We all got to do better, okay? But here's what – right here, we are at rock bottom, okay? This, straight up, this is – I'm not going to lie to you no more, okay? This is where we're at. 
this is the lowest of the low because it is. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, and so this is where we're at. Now I will tell you this: I'm going to coach better. I'm going to coach harder. Okay. You guys better commit to me right now. We're all going to do more. Okay. We already watched the game tape. I'm assuming that they have. Yeah. That's over. So, yeah. But I'm going to tell you this: as bad as we played Saturday, we know we can play better. Yeah, we saw it. We, we, saw, we have and, evidence and, and of that. This yeah. isn't me just telling you we've done it. We've played the the arguably the best team in the nation straight up through two and a half quarters. Yep. Okay, so that's how good you guys can be. Then we came back and we gave a game away against, against Northwestern. Against the best team in our division. In our yeah. division against yep. Northwestern, the yep. game that we should have won. And then we beat a team that we should have and we played better mm-hmm. or we played a good first half. So it's there. Now we got to decide with us internally what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. Okay, we're going to Iowa. Okay, then I'm going to say, look, last year, the last two years, we played Iowa. They essentially beat us by a last-second field goal both years. Yep. Okay, that's where we're at. We're not facing Ohio State. We're facing Iowa. Okay, this is a battle between us. This isn't about them. This is about us. We go and do what we are capable of doing. Starting today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll brush up on Thursday. We're going to get in this. On, I'm assuming they're going to get on a bus, and we're going to go up there with the right mentality, and, we're, and, and then we're going to win this game. We're not going up there just to go through the, to play this game. We are going to win this football game by any means necessary. Okay? In order to get to that point now, <laughs> we, it, it's going to be hard. Right. Okay? And it's going to suck. And there's no guarantee we're going to win. But we're going to do more than we have been doing with more detail, more energy every single day leading us up to this game. And I promise you, I will be there right there with you. And that's how you go about it. You you, you deal with what happened because we can't change what happened. Yeah. But we also have to live in reality as well. And the reality is we've done a lot of good things that we haven't, you know, been on the end of winning, you know. But we're not going to just because we played one bad game, one horrible game that we're going to say, you know what, we're not the same team that – played neck and neck with Ohio State. They had control of the game at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. right? And we're not the same team that pretty much gave Northwestern a game, right? Yep. We're, 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 or the team that beat Penn State, right? That's a, that's who we are. Well, who we, we're not who we were Saturday. But we're only going to get there through this work. Through this like, work. That's the thing. The and see, and that is the thing. Right. To me, yeah. I think that I can, I can totally see, you know, Scott and Chins and those guys going in and saying something similar to what you said. But I think, to me, the most important thing has to be, though, at the end of all of that, it can't just be, oh, we'll fall back into being the team oh, that no. we were. No, it no. needs to be, we need to, A, we need to get back there with work, but we need to take it a step further. further than right. What I we want were. more. Yeah. Okay. And, as a matter of fact, I want it two times. My message isn't going to be what I just said. It's going to be a lot of explicitives in there, okay? <laughs> right. You know, number, you know what I'm saying? This is a baseball bat game, okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. this is a game yeah. now. This is a game on Friday against Iowa where this it is, is per- won at the it, line of scrimmage. And it's a personal game. Yeah, they blew the kiss at the end of the right. game. Like, you the kicker yeah. stunting yeah. on yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be. Kicker better not come past that 50 after you kick that ball because we're doing a reverse run on you. We're trying to knock your head off. So that's just where we're at. It, but it all, but the whole thing that we were talking about dealing with success, doubling down on how they played against Penn State or against Ohio State, then again, you know, obviously at the Wisconsin game that was canceled against uh, Northwestern, then going to Penn State. I want more. You didn't give me more. I didn't give you more last week. So right. there's got to be humility from the coaches. Yeah, standpoint. it needs to be from both sides. From with you on that. It needs to be both sides. Everybody have, has to give more. All these yeah. coaches have to say we didn't do our jobs. Right. We got to everybody. They've all got to pull up their, you roll up their sleeves and get down and get dirty. 
and that's where Nebraska's missing. I'm telling you, because I can guarantee you, if you watch their practice versus Illinois' practice last week, it's probably a lot different. So we got to get dirty. And what I mean is it's going to be hard. Now, look, you're not going to be out there and have a three-hour practice like the Junction Boys with no (laughs) water, but it's got to be cranked up. That means if you don't coach in the moment and you are starting off with an offsides penalty or a legal procedure or you're not getting to play in fast enough, okay, if the if you're not getting to play in fast enough, then we're running as coaches. Right. Okay, you're doing something as a coaches. If you jump offsides, then you're running. Not only now are you running, the whole offense is running. So now we're going to teach you guys how to be accountable to each other. Right. And I, I said this the other day. I, the funniest thing that my dad ever told me about doing chores Right? He's going to give me leeway, you know, and let me do my thing. Right? He said, you know what? I gave you a chance. I want to see how mature you were. He's like, that was democracy. Okay? Now you'd have made me, made me turn into you. <laughs> yeah, you probably <laughs> had like right? something that dad would say. Hey, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, he said, yeah. he said, I know it, it's a democracy. I, you, I gave you a democracy. Now I'm going to show you what a dictatorship is. Yeah. And I said, well, what's a dictatorship? Right? He's like, well, you about to find out. So every detail, whether I was making my bed, had my shoes and stuff up off the floor, my basketball put up the right way, my basketball bag put up the right way, my mm-hmm. book bag was put up the right way, was every single dish done on time. That's it. Trash out. All, that's a dictatorship. But what he was doing is showing me the process is in the details. Can I do something funny, though, about that? I'm laughing, smiling, because my dad did something similar where he used to always tell me to take the next step. Right. That's what he used to always say. And I know he'll hear this and be happy that I remember right. this. He would say that all the time. Take the next step. Did you take the trash out? Yes. But did you put a bag back in there? Right. Right. What's the next step? What What is the next thing that you need to do? And I never forgot that. Right. Um, and so as a team, that's another thing that they need to be able to do is how do you take that next step? And being able to, we talked about it with finishing, right? When they right. were having the problems finishing drives, finishing plays. Like, it, it's those little things that have added up in the, the the negative direction for Nebraska that they need to get a hold back on. And you're completely right that it's, it's about, it's internal right now. You know what I was going to be. Um, you know that they are a team that's going to be out there fundamentally sound, well coached, um, with a, a few guys here or there that can hurt you. But you need to come out and play your right. game. It's about Nebraska at this yeah. point. And you can play your game and play good and still lose. Right, that happens like too, said, but it needs to look – we talked about this a lot. Like, how does – like, okay, if Nebraska – is even if they're not winning, what would people be happy with? I think we know, right? We know yeah, that's all, that, yeah, like, that's, if, yeah. if, if they go out there and they play well and they play hard and they play physical um, and they limit mistakes and they still lose, that happens. That You're right. not going to go out and win every game. No. That's not where this program We're is. We're not even but there. At, it's not close, but at the same time, you can't go out there and have the same mistakes – that people were willing to push to the side in year one, in year three, it just it just can't be like right. that. If you are still if you are wanting people to believe that the program is still making progress, um, and and is going in the right direction, it, it's just tough, um, to do that. Now, we got to get into my favorite segment every week. Put them on blast. We we got to put some people on blast because uh, I've been looking forward to this one. Um, I told you yesterday I was fired. But he's up. like always a candidate, though. Uh, okay, listen, because he's been a candidate ever since like the Black Lives Matter. Yeah, and, uh, ever since George he became Dabo uh, Luther King. Like yeah. ever since Dabo Sweeney um, went. The, actually, it was before that. It was when Dabo Sweeney had that quote about how if um, college players started getting paid, he'd have to quit because it'd be the end of amateurism and all of this. Dabo Sweeney could have could be on this list for me every week. I try not to. Um, 
but I gotta, I can't avoid it this time. Dabo Sweeney is who I'm putting on blast. I'm sure you guys saw over the weekend, um, Clemson's game with Florida State got canceled kind of at the last minute, right? It was a tough situation where Clemson had already traveled there before they were informed that that game wasn't going to be played, and it was not out of nowhere. It was because Florida State officials learned that a Clemson backup offensive lineman had tested positive for COVID-19 and had traveled with the team, not only had traveled with the team, had been practicing through the week. Mm. If you remember, Florida State had had, early in the stages of kind of their camp, had had somewhat of an outbreak with their team, including the coach. Remember Mike Norvell then had it, right? And he had to sit out. And so they had been very cautious since then. I think that um, I saw that Florida State, or they said that they had not had a positive test since the head coach, Mike Norvell, got um, his positive test and had to isolate, right? So they have been very strict on it. But then Davo Sweeney, I guess that's not good enough for him. He was really upset. And he said, amongst other things, quote, this game was not canceled because of COVID. COVID was just an excuse to cancel the game. He says that the FSU administration actually should have forfeited the game. And if Florida State wants to play Clemson, they can come to Death Valley or they can pay, pay for Clemson travel. travel. A little, is he a little pouty pat? He little petty Man. pat. Man. Okay, yeah. yeah, we had our petty pat moment with you um, a couple weeks ago. But I just – Dabo Sweeney, and it's funny, to me, this is what I, I immediately thought of, is Dabo Sweeney, it, this concept is foreign to him because it seems like Mike Norvell actually cares about his players and his players' safety, and that concept is foreign to Dabo Sweeney, right. who cares about Dabo Sweeney, these At, dollars, yeah. and getting wins on his stat sheet. Right, and trying to get back after they lost to Notre Dame. That's really right. what it came down to. And so, and then it's even, to me, it's even crazier that Dabo Sweeney would take this stance when they had their own outbreak, including his future number one pick, right. the quarterback, because right? But he wants to get it's, him back there. He he's almost on Mike Gundy level. Remember when Mike Gundy yeah. said in the summer, he's like, "Oh, these athletes are strong." Yeah, they, yeah, they can take <laughs> it. My yeah, boy, my boys. Why would you ever know in a million years say that? But yeah, like this whole like Dabo Sweeney, like even if this is one of those situations, and this happens in life to everybody, I don't care if you don't want to admit it. There are things that you think that you, you should, should not, not say, say that or you should tweet, never ever say or, or tweet. Post. Like he he should not have said that. Right. Like that's not. I don't even like even if you. Like even if you think a, that they were scared to play you, and that's what right. you did, you don't say that. You, there's another way you could have massaged that. Say, hey, look, I'm 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 extremely disappointed in Florida State's decision. We felt like we were ready to play. We were could ready we, to play. Could, we could have actually tried to move the we game could have, something. Could have like actually, he could have said something I, I, yeah, like that. I would have, you know, we had offered some compromise or different. We could have played on a Monday or two. You know, right. you could have did something. Because there have been like, leagues that have done that. Yeah, uh, played on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday morning. Sunday. We yeah. could have done something like that. We were willing to, on our end, rectify any type of situations to make them feel more comfortable about playing. Then you put the onus on Florida State. We've done this. We see right, right which is the sneak way to did. do that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he couldn't. He no, couldn't, he, he couldn't, couldn't even it. bring himself to do that. He actually even said, "We said we should have played. We mitigated everything all year long. The game was not canceled because of COVID. COVID was an excuse to cancel the game." He doubled down on it. Doubled again. down. He said they were scared. Um, he said and, you were, and he lied and said we mitigated all year. You yeah. didn't. Like right. that's not even. You just <laughs> had the number true. one pick had COVID, homeboy. Like that's not true. So I just I, I had to put him on blast. Like you said, I could put him on blast every week. Every um, week. He always saying something crazy, and it's a guy that like people just look at Dabo and they're like he like all. Shucks, like he's this plucky underdog. Wow. You know, Dabo has been saying like what people love to say problematic things. Like Dabo Sweeney has been saying problematic things for years, right. and it kind of gets mirrored it, because he's got it, the, a great, great football program. He's built that but program he is up, not, and he's in a sm- <laughs> he's in a super small market off the beaten path. So once you hear about things that he said, it's usually. 12 hours after he's done. And that's it. probably something and, to and it. And then also well. when you're winning down there, you get away with it. But let yep. me tell you something. 
it always happens. Once he starts losing or once something big happens, these type of quotes, these type of situations will going to get made. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. You know, he's like the guy, you know, that, that runs like one of those super churches and stuff. Like, oh, damn, homeboy been, you know, dealing with the, con- okay. with the yeah. congregation. Yeah. You, know, you know what I'm saying? So, and, it doesn't, I mean, and eventually something eventually always something catches up to you. catches yeah. up to him because he – you know, I'm sure he cares about his players, but he don't. He cares about winning right now, yeah. and um, he's massaging it through the oh shucks type of thing. But he he has been his his mouth. He has that. He 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 needs a PR person. But the problem is, is that he doesn't probably he, doesn't, he won't see it that way because and he he's been feel winning, like he, and he doesn't feel that pressure. Because I I would almost guess that the local Clemson media. Believe does it? Yeah, they're just with him on that uh, because it's also easier to do that when you're in the bubble with that winning. particular team and you're, and you're winning, winning. And you're, you're the willing best to team. go. Yeah, yeah you're willing yeah, you're to go. Winning. But there are people nationally that are like every time he says something, they're like, "What are we doing here?" Right? They're just waiting. Yeah, they're just waiting because the same. And thing, it happens to almost everybody. Like if you think about it, does, it, it really it happens it all over the place. Sooner or later, it's going to come back to you. Now, talking about coming back to you, I'm going to put another. I'm going to tell you something about wide receivers. Now, whether it's Desmond Howard, your boy, or <laughs> See? okay, but the other one who I really like though, because he looks just Joey Galloway looks like one of my best friends. Man. Okay. He looks like Reggie Hammond on Forty Eight Hours. He looks like one of my best friends, Jamal Lewis. But I'm gonna put Joey Galloway on blast, okay? okay? And I get what he was saying, mm-hmm. but Joey Galloway had the he was on one of the shows and he was talking to Reese Davis and they were talking about Northwestern against Wisconsin. And he told him. He told Reese Davis they got a bunch of Reese Davises out there running around. So and That's then, a- <laughs> then Reese Davis said, "What? Pretty athletic?" He's like, "Yeah, athletic, tongue in cheek, right?" Okay. So I'm putting him on blast because you're so disrespectful. Because I guarantee what he saw. All right. Mm-hmm. He saw a bunch of Northwestern, a bunch of white guys out there. Yeah. And, I mean, because they, I mean, they're they're a bunch of they got a few. They got, bro- yeah, because I mean, we talk about they're like, led by Patty Fisher. Right, like, right. You know, yeah, they got like, a few brothers in there sprinkled, yeah. but it's very few and far between. Yeah. So he's thinking all oh, they and they don't look overly fast on tape because they wear the black shoes and they, they and, got and the grass cut long. The grass you know? cut long, <laughs> and you don't see any of those guys with the you know the wristbands cut around their arms. They all look the same. I yeah. mean, listen, when you think about them, you don't see the long. I mean, you might see a long hair guy, but it's not. It's very few. I mean, I know their running back look like Kenny G, right? <laughs> he does. Yeah, uh, he looks like. But his dad's Damian Anderson, so yeah. you know, and his mom, you know, I'm assuming she's you know white or whatever. So he's got the good yeah. hair. But, did you but, just call him? Did you just call him uh, Becky with the good hair? Yeah, yeah, he got good hair okay, though. I'm just, okay. I'm just checking because I messed with my dad about him. I said, "Man, what's up? I got the coarse hair. You got the good hair." So, but anyways, they all look the same, right? The black shoes, yeah. no, you know, socks kind of all the way down. You know, and they don't wear sleeves. They all kind of look the same. Joey Galloway's like, "Oh yeah, you guys just look like a bunch of you know slow 1988 Celtics right. out there." In in uh, in the neck roll with the neck roll. In calling the fighting Reese Davis, so I'm gonna put you on blast for not doing your job correctly. You can say you watch Northwestern, but you really didn't watch them because if you if you watch Northwestern and you knew the record of Wisconsin at Northwestern, which is now one and six in yeah, the last I seven saw years. Yeah, I saw that. had Chris number right. him. So one and six, and also you didn't watch last year where Northwestern was the only team really actually to play really, really well against yeah, they slowed Wisconsin. Down, slowed yeah. down. Slowed down Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. right, without a quarterback. That lets me know you really didn't do your job. You just expected Wisconsin just to come with this quarterback that they have, Mertz, who got brought down to reality again. He did. Get, right? 
against a defensive team, one of the best defensive teams, not only in the Big Ten, in the nation, and has been historically, right? Not as good as this year. This is a really, really good yeah, defense. Really, really good. So that lets I'm putting them on blast because you didn't do your job. You just assumed, and then you went out there and called them to fight and read, and then you gave them fuel. Did Pat Fitzgerald mention that? Oh, after he, the no, game? He, oh no, he, he co- didn't mention it just once, <laughs> not twice. He did, oh, first of all at the, at the interview right after the game, yeah. he mentioned it not once but twice. Then he went to the one after he celebrated with his team and mentioned it two more times to you. Man, yeah, and then Joey Galloway said, you know, tried to say, oh, okay, well, you know. I yeah I could see you and they played well and this this and this gave him a little bit of a you know <laughs> yeah. tongue you know a little bit of kind of roundabout good compliment no you needed to step on your own own tie as they call it when you're on TV <laughs> yeah. and say you know what I messed up I didn't you know I I went out there and thought they were going to get the brakes beat off and that's what he thought because yeah. of Wisconsin and and what they were ranked right. and you went out there and didn't do your job Joey Galloway do your job yep and, that's and you it. were definitely on blast. Sorry, and he from and he from Ohio State. Too. I was about to say you would think if, I, I could see that if I was a guy from like an ACC school or something right. like that. But being from Ohio State and being a Big Ten big guy, 10. I'm surprised that he. Because I, when I saw that, I was surprised that when he, I heard it, I was like, <laughs> "Oh no, no, you did." I said, "If I, I, I remember hearing him saying, I said, if Northwestern wins, he's gonna hear about he's it. He's gonna hear about it, definitely. And he definitely and they heard dominated about it. that game. Yeah, he did. Yeah, because they had a couple calls at home on that touchdown pass on the first one when it was seven seven should have been fourteen seven that. Probably should have went Northwestern's way, right? Man, but like, <laughs> we'll see. We're gonna see that. I think that's the the, the lesson for today is we're gonna see less talk, more, more doing, and they always say be seen and not heard. There you go. Right. Subscribe to this podcast everywhere you can listen to them. Uh, rate us and review us. Leave us a five-star review. If you leave us four, I am inclined to think you are a hater. Uh, make sure that you're checking out the other podcasts on the Hail Varsity Network, the Mind Your Own Podcast, Varsity Club, more to it, the Hail Varsity Radio Show as well. Uh, we do have an email, which we had a very nice email come in. I appreciate you. Uh, head straight up breakdown at HailVarsity.com. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at GregSmithHV and at Foreman5644. We will catch you guys next time.